Welcome back to the Hey Roadie podcast, where we take a deep dive into the people of the Ocean State. We are your hosts, Nick and Sasha. Hello, everyone. I hope everyone's having a great day. Nick and I are very happy because it's officially sweater weather. Sweater weather. Sweater weather. Sweater weather. Um, we were just laughing about that SNL skit. Anyway, on today's show, um, we have a very special guest. Her name is Val Talmadge. I don't know if I said her last name incorrectly. I'm so sorry if I did. But she is the executive director at Preserve Rhode Island. Preserve Rhode Island is a really cool organization that goes into um, older, like, I don't know, like, I don't know. I would say it's a, they, they take the initiative to preserve historic Thank you. Buildings. <laughs> that was going to be um, way better than how I was And And say try it. to do so in a way that it's sustainable. Yes. So they'll, they'll like the one that we talked about a lot um, with the, um, now I'm drawing a blank, Stone Ciders? Um, Stone called? Enders. Stone Enders, that's what mm-hmm. it is. Um, they, they rehab them. They redo them. Um, they'll renovate the insides. They, they make them. In such a way that you preserve uh, the essential port parts of um, the historic portions of the house. Yeah. Um, but then they update the things that they can update and they'll sell them with the um, uh, caveat that is a historic building. And the people that buy it know that there's certain things that can and cannot be changed about the building. Um, and that allows uh, the preservation to kind of last in perpetuity. Yeah, and they it's what's really cool. So the the house that we that Nick mentioned is called the Valentine Whitman House. It's a stone ender in Lincoln versus Smithfield. Hold on. Hold on, guys. I'm we'll sorry. We'll find out. We'll find we're, out. We're, we're Googling on the fly. <laughs> this is not one where we're recording it directly after the episode. Yeah, uh, it's sorry, It's been guys. about a week. Yeah. It was one of those. We went to go. I went to go be like, hey, Sasha, I'm going to put this up so you can listen to it. And I'm like, oh, crap. We didn't record an intro. <laughs> so um, we're here recording an intro. But we learned our lesson. We're going to record intros immediately. Directly after. after. Each episode. Um, it's So anyway, so when Val came on, we got to talk about the um, Valentine Whitman house, which is really cool. It's like Nick said, there's such like interesting architecture about it. And and at the time, the style of home was like very popular in Rhode Island specifically. We were even talking about like why it was popular in Rhode Island, which there's still not really like a very clear answer. Um, but you don't really see them elsewhere in New England. Um, and it's cool because through Preserve Rhode Island, um, like this specific house, the Stone Ender, is being sold as a um, as a residential house. But they also have worked on things that um, are museums and work as like historical monuments. And so there's a lot of different things um, that Preserve Rhode Island does. And like Nick says, um, or said, sorry, uh, they really work on creating a space where things run correctly. The construction is done in a way that is long lasting so that these homes and these buildings can be enjoyed our generation, but then like generations past us, which I think is really cool. Yeah. And uh, so just so you know, you were correct. It's Lincoln. Um, And part of what they do with rehabbing houses to a point where they can be lived in, um, you think like, oh, that wouldn't that make it a little more difficult to maintain the house? But in in reality, it's exactly the opposite because Mm -hmm. if, a organization decides they're going to, uh, you know, preserve a home and they want to keep it exactly how it was way back when, whenever it um, was first built. And they're going to use it as like a, um, a museum type piece. 
they have to have the funding for that yeah. all the time. And they have multiple buildings and they have to get the new funding every year and they have to make sure it's being maintained and you need like a, a whole slew of people to go in there and uh, upkeep it. Whereas if they can preserve it in such a way that it looks the way it's supposed to look, but it's still livable and yeah. then it can be sold with um, kind of a historic designation, um, it's much more doable for a homeowner to maintain their home than it is for an organization to maintain multiple historic yeah. sites. So mm -hmm. it actually makes a lot of sense. And like there's one, um, there was one interesting thing that I read about these, the stone ender and like some of the um, preserving that they did when they decided to change the roof, they used a, the, they replaced it with a roof that was much more expensive than a roof that you'd get nowadays. But it was, um, What's the word? Authentic to the time. Yeah, it's cedar shakes, right? Yep. Yeah. So I was reading that and I was like, oh, you, like I understand that they had to do that for like the look and, and whatever. But then with talking with Val, like those types of roofs actually last longer mm -hmm. than a regular roof that you'd get now. So right now it seems like kind of like a big sticker price. But if you think about the longevity of it, you're maintaining the look and the, and the authenticity of this older house, but you're also making it last longer than 20 years um that you'd have to replace the roof so it's very they really take the time to think about like every single step to make sure that these houses are preserved in the best way possible um also as a side note if you're interested in in learning just more about like what they do in the history of architecture in providence in general they do have um the lippet house museum in providence um which is um inside like a victoria a victorian home that you can learn a little bit more about the organization and see some of the work they've done um but it was like really i you know i live in an, in an old home i live and you mm -hmm. grew up in an old home so it was really fun to talk to Val and like kind of geek out a little bit about yeah. the stuff like, you know, talking about like the like in your house that you grew up in, like the little rooms and mm -hmm. like how things made sense for then, but how things have changed now. And um, I don't know. I just I had a really good time talking with her. Yeah, I was actually um, pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed the conversation when we first mm -hmm. brought up that we were going to talk to Preserve R.I. I was like, oh, man, I don't know if we're going to have enough to talk about for yeah. a full hour. But she was very fun to talk to. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. And there was the kind of sub the subject lent itself to a long conversation. Uh, and I think everybody will enjoy it. And if anybody I know, I plug all these things at the end of the episode, too. But just in case you for some reason don't make it that far, if you want to learn more about Preserve R.I., it's PreserveRI.org. Mm -hmm. uh, they do have a newsletter that you can sign up for on the website and the preserve ri is the same handle they use pretty much across the board on their social media channels so yeah i think everybody will enjoy this episode um learn something at least yeah. uh, just like we do every time we every all, time there's a, at some point <laughs> at least one point where we go oh yeah. in every episode maybe we should ever at, at, at the beginning of the intro before an episode we should say the one thing that we like at least one thing that we learned yeah we can try <laughs> well i learned a lot in this episode yeah, probably absolutely. too much they would take up the whole intro. But yeah, guys, enjoy everything. Enjoy sweater weather. Yes, sweater weather's like, grab, coming. Grab a nice cup of hot chocolate to listen to this episode cozy up um, and get that like fall vibe goodness because we're in fall, baby. It's happening. It's Sasha here. Sasha loves it. Woo! <laughs> All right, enjoy, everybody. Bye. Bye. Just like there's like so much history in like we're like this weird little state. We're one of the original 13 colonies. Like there's so much like stuff in mm -hmm. it, you yeah. know? So anyway, that's my long tangent on saying I'm really yeah, excited for you I to could. be here. <laughs> I think great. it's really exciting. Are that's you nice. a big history buff? 
Um, you know, the funny thing about historic preservation is that um, people are interested in history, mm. but we, we don't really do it because we're interested in history. It's because we care about the future. Ah. It's because we want the state to um, keep the sort of tangible representations of the, the long and colorful history yeah. that formed each of the cities and towns. So, um, yeah, history buffs know yeah. a lot about history. Preservationists care about place. Yeah. It's like, okay. what does a place look like? What See, does it feel like? thank you for like? that correction, because yeah. this whole time I would have been calling you a history buff, and I would have been <laughs> mislabeling you. Um, I did read, it's funny because in the year, you know, 2022, there's such a respect I don't want to say a resurgence. I don't know if there's ever been as big as it is now to be mindful and careful about recycling and using old like old things and making sure you buy things that are quality. And one of the things you just said, it, and then I also read it on the Preserve Rhode Island website, is like you guys are champions of like the utmost upcycling. Like this <laughs> house true. is 300 years old. Like you are building like you're keeping it so you don't have to build all new houses and you can utilize what's already there, right? Right, right. Yeah, there's um in like the preservation world, there's a saying that the greenest building is the one that's already built. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it doesn't take um, all that energy effort mm -hmm. in, in delivering supplies and, you know, creating a new structure. But the old, you use the old yep. um, fabric that's there and that's really the greenest building. Yeah. And that's often, uh, people don't think about that because uh, you think oh old buildings they'll be drafty mm -hmm. they you know we're, mm -hmm. you know it'd be better to get new and mm -hmm. new windows and everything but um it turns out that the materials that were used in in historic buildings are so much superior to anything that you yeah. can get today that's crazy that, and and um I, I don't know. We just we just find that uh, if they're well maintained mm -hmm. and the windows and doors are uh, correctly insulated, and that that you don't have the sort of energy issues that mm -hmm. people associate with old buildings. So it's funny yeah. when I so my husband and I own a home on the east side. It's it was built in 1917, which I know is a baby. Can, like compared to some of the buildings that you work with. Um, but one of the biggest things from family and friends were like, oh my God, like it's going to be so drafty, like it's going to be impossible to heat. So, you know, through, I don't know if Rise is through the state, but Rise is like the company that comes out to see like your energy efficiency. And they came and I was like, oh man, they're going to like, we're going to get like, shredded. So, yes, yeah, such bad scores. <laughs> because our windows are original to the house. Our like if you look at the glass in our windows, they're like wavy. Like you oh, can cool. see little yeah. bubbles in them. It's very cool. And we there's part of us that's like, oh, we want to get new windows that are more efficient. But like you said, like our windows are first of all, they're beautiful. They're and to everyone's surprise, Rise came and he was like, oh, no, you, you're you actually like on par with like normal, like right. normal houses. Because like you said, houses that are old are built like with a lot of integrity and good materials, even though it's not maybe as pretty. Like, you know, we opened a wall and it was like a it looked like Jenga, not Jenga, Tetris, like all these pieces like fit together where now it's, you know, clean and whatever. But it's still I mean, my house has been around since 1917. Right. It's been, it's fine, you know, and it has so much character. And yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah. It's, you can't, you can't make them, you know, they, they don't build them like they used to. So yeah. That's really, so true. Yeah. And really yeah. quick before we continue, um, now that we're like on the air, we're here with Val from Preserve All Right. You're the executive director, right. which is really exciting. Do you, how long have you been doing 
Yes. Uh, I've, I've worked in historic preservation mm-hmm. all, my, all my career, yeah. but I've been in Rhode Island at Preserve Rhode Island since about 2007. Oh, wow. So. Okay. So you've been here for a while. Right. I love that. Right. Did you always know, like when you went to school, did you go to school for preser- preservation or history or? No, I actually went for archaeology. Oh. And oh. for a long time, I, I was an archaeologist. I dug in Maya sites in Mexico oh, and Honduras so cool. and stuff. But um, I, when I when I was thinking about uh, kind of a career I wanted, what I realized was I really loved New England. I really mm-hmm. love the way it looks and feels and yep. how every city and town has its own distinct character. And it's not just like the rest of America yeah, to do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. And so I really wanted to work to help communities save their sense of place. And mm. uh, so that really uh, pulled me right into the field of historic preservation. So I love that. Yeah. That's so cool. When you were in archaeologist, I mean, it feels like there's always a common thread anytime we talk to someone that there's sort of like a a full circle or a starting moment. Because like even as an archaeologist, like you're figuring out people's past sense of place or past welfare and how they live their lives. And now you're kind of putting it. So like you're taking these things that were once were and you're making them part of people's present lives now so you kind of you got it right <laughs> did i did i hit the nail on the you head absolutely got it, yeah, yeah it went, went from preserving uh ancient history to more recent history yeah, yeah. and like it does, yeah. well what i think is so cool is that you're preserving things that people then can use right right well now now definitely but mm. um you know when i started preserving archaeological sites i mean you may not know that there have been humans who lived in the new england for 10,000 years and so there are traces of the those past civilizations wow. and past it's throughout um yeah throughout. and that mark keeps getting pushed back yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like they might think it might be out to like thirty thousand in the United States. In the United States, New yeah, yeah. 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 New, New England, they had a cross over mm-hmm. the entire continent yeah. to get here. So we're, I think the earliest site was radiocarbon dated around nine thousand BC. Wow. Or something. Crazy. So, so, That's so, um, cool. so it's and the traces of those um, ancient peoples are still uh, available through mm-hmm. archaeological investigation, and that in my career led to. Uh, the understanding of how people have um, always looked at what the natural resources are, where they want to settle, and how they want to use the land. Mm. And that, uh, of course, changes over time when you think about what what's important for your economic mm. being, of, you know, wh- whether it's shellfish or limestone or access to water yeah. or now access to turnpikes, you know, yeah. that, that kind of stuff is very, changes over time. And it sh- sort of shows how uh, people have settled the state. Mm. And um, every city and town has its unique sense of place yeah. as a result of that. Yeah. And I, that's what um, I really love about living in New England, love re- living in Rhode Island mm. is that you can see you can really feel that history. Um, I think so. Well, yeah. I'm from Cumberland, right? Which there's a lot of old like kind of farmhousey, bigger houses sort of situation, which I could be totally wrong, but that's how I perceive it at least. Like kind of bigger old homes, right? But then now I live in Providence, the homes are smaller because there's more of them. 
and they're more funky, right? Like the shapes are interesting and like the window placement is a little bit funkier. And I mean, I'm sure that color has changed a lot since when it first started. But even you drive in Providence, you see a pink house, you see a yellow house, you see. And then when you're in more northern Rhode Island, it's to me, I see more like brick, more wood, like rustic-y sort of situations. Again, I'm not an expert. That's just how I perceive it. But mm-hmm. like you said, like every town and place has like a different feeling and a different, right? Like Providence is a city. So like obviously the houses are going to be smaller. In Cumberland, Lincoln, Smithfield, like they were probably were way more farms. Mm-hmm. So you needed the land. So you needed a bigger home to have all your kids. And, yeah. Right? Yeah. And I mean, I grew up in uh, Slatersville, uh-huh. uh, North Smithfield. Uh, so we had like the Slater Mills and all the old, I, the house I grew up in was originally a mill house um, on the main street. Uh, and, you know, that house, like uh, it was a multi-tenant. I think it was one, two, three, four, like living occupancy areas. But back when it was a mill house, it was probably 15. <laughs> it was right. like <laughs> one room per thing, you know, yeah. and all the ho- old houses were really funky with the way they were set up because they weren't built to be as large of a living area per person as they are now so everything's like really small rooms and Mm -hmm. lots of doors and dividers and all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff so yeah different areas you're gonna have different stuff like where the mills are you're gonna have very different housing because it was for like workers yeah yeah and buildings have all changed over time Mm -hmm. like we're we recently completed a project at the valentine whitman house in lincoln and that house was originally built in 1696. Yeah. So it was it was built as a grand place. Mm. I mean, there was there was nothing going on in that area. It was it was still Providence at that time, but mm. there was just really very little settlement, except for a lime work down about a mile down the road. Um, and that's one of those early colonial extractive industries mm. that was really important in colonial times. It is not so important to us now, yeah. but uh, lime was used for mortar for building uh, brick and stone walls. It yep. was used for plaster. It was used for whitewash. It had. It was like it was like the prince of um, mm. of building materials. Yeah. And so this really uh, amazing building was was built. Um, it's called a stone ender. Yeah, because, I was looking yeah, into it. Yeah. Like, I can't wait to hear more about this. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> but it's so cool. The whole the whole uh, gable end of the building is is a massive stone yeah. chimney that would would have been fr- framed a, a huge fireplace. But um, the idea uh. about change over time is really interesting in this property. So it was built as a farmhouse, maybe um, a, sh- a sort of showcase for almost a showcase for the lime industry. But in eighteen 18- 30, the building was sold out of single family use and sold to business interest in Providence. So this is 1830, quite early. And it was at that time transformed into a three family. Oh, wow. So they divided mm-hmm. this this large single Grand, family into, yeah. into three families where workers would have been packed in mm-hmm. um, to do it. So oh, now God. today you can see three 1830 kitchens which is essentially a fireplace with the with the bake oven. Oh and, my you know, god! So it's really so cool. it's That's pretty really awesome. pretty amazing. And then um, and then you know uh, the the building um, w- really didn't have any changes um, yeah. after that time. So that you can see yeah, at the Valentine Whitman House that 
that late 17th century frame and then that early 19th century remodeling to become a, a three family. And then it was basically frozen in time. So when it's really did it wow. stop. Like when did people not live there anymore? Like when was like the last person that like resided in that space? Yeah. In the uh, 20th century, it was owned by uh, the Whalen family who, who ran it as kind of a, a boarding house, if you will. <sighs> And then uh, Mrs. Whalen died, and the property was almost demolished. It, um, you know, this this sort of the the developer that everyone loves to hate got yeah. his hands on it in town, yeah. and he uh, proposed to uh, demolish the building and put up three, um, you know, ranch style houses, new houses. At, yeah, new houses, and that's when the town of Lincoln, um, urged by a, an uprising of yep. you know citizens who really cared about this place, the town of Lincoln bought it from oh, him. Oh, wow. So they bought it in, I think, 1991. Okay. And um, uh, so they rescued it the first time. Mm -hmm. And in, then in about 10 years later, the town rescued it again because this 300-year-old building uh, was sitting on wood sails that had rotted. And oh so they did a major uh, restoration just of the sills so that if, if you looked before and after, you wouldn't really wouldn't see much yeah. change mm -hmm. to this building. But they really saved it because if a, if a building is sitting on, you know, rotten, rotten wood, it's going to it's going to fall down. It's going to start falling, <laughs> I would say. So that, that was like the uh, precursor to like a modern foundation. It sat on wood versus concrete or whatever. Well, we it has now. a stone foundation, you know, sort of uh, to do it. But then um, the there's uh, there's wood sills which yeah. are um, part of the wood the the um, post and beam frame uh, that okay. sit right on the foundation. Oh. And so there there's you have to watch them. You have, they're subject to insect infestation and to dampness oh, and yeah. to to rotting. So um, so they they saved it. But then um, uh, this a friends group loves this place and and tried to make a go of it as a house museum but house museums are really hard they're mm. a really hard economic model because it's a volunteer base right exactly mm. it's a volunteer base um not too many people visit yeah um and the volunteers are really stretched to to um to to do that work and yet they're trying to take care of a building yeah. um, you know that's that has needs just like your own houses mm -hmm. have needs that you always have to be doing something and um and so the volunteer group um uh, came to the town and said that we need another plan we're we're getting tired and um you know we're gonna have help, to figure out what help. the strategy is <laughs> please help us <laughs> right. so is that when and, they brought you guys in and they asked us to wow. uh, look at a proposal and so we spent a couple of years actually studying um, uh, different ways we thought we could save the property. Yeah. We looked at whether or not we could do a, a kind of joint venture with the town and keep it in public ownership. Mm. But um, in the end, the town said that if you will take care of this building, we will give it to you. And um, so we spent, uh, I, I like to say, we spent a long time looking that gift house in the mouth. <laughs> 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 um, there was a, there was quite a lot of need there. Had, you know, What's it, that Tom uh, Hanks movie, Money Pit? Yeah, it was. It but was, in a good way, <laughs> in, not in a bad way. That's and right. It, you know, it deserved the care and the time and the money right. that was put into it because you saved 
This it's, house has been saved three times now. Yeah, that's right. Jeez exactly. Louise. Right. My God. And, and that's, I think that's kind of the story of preservation is that you're never quite done because you mm. can save it for your generation. You maybe put it on the pathway for the future, but, yeah. um, you know, future generations are going to have to care about these places too. Yeah. So, you know, but we're, what we're trying to do is leave, leave the places in the state that really deserve um, uh, a future, mm. we're giving the put him on the right that right pathway. One so. of the things that I thought was really cool that I read about was that, like you know, obviously it does cost money to do something like this more more money than maybe the house itself would sell for. But the things that you cared about, for instance, the one thing that really came that popped up was the roof, because you know you could. I think I don't. I'm not sure if you were interviewed or if the the contractor was interviewed, but. Like, yeah, you could get an asphalt roof that's very common right now that's cheaper, or you can stay with the integrity of the house. And it was like, what, like, uh, shade? What were they? Shade? Cedar shakes. Oh, yeah, thank you. Cedar shakes. <laughs> it was yeah. in there. Um, but you chose to do something like that, which is, one, it's it's more, uh, it identifies with the house more. And two, so in the interview, it was like, this will last 50 years, this yeah. roof, yeah. which is like, I mean, an asphalt roof, you have to get that replaced like probably every 20 years, 20, right? 25 years. So yeah, like you yeah. have, so you're spending a little bit more in the beginning. Right. But like in the long run, that's like a big game changer. Right. Right. right? Yeah. I mean, you can see why only preservationists could make that decision, <laughs> you know, because like we're thinking yeah. 50 years, 100 yeah. years down the road, we yeah. really want to see this, this house survive and, yeah. and have it, um, uh, have integrity to its original design. Yeah. So attention to those historic materials mm. are there. But in most most homeowners are faced with, you know, can I really, I'm not going to be yeah. here in 50 years. Yeah. I can't, I yeah. can't make that decision. That's what I was so. just going to say too. At the end of the day, uh, you guys are having to make decisions about these homes that are really the same decisions that a person who lived there would have to make. You make that decision every day. If you're going to go out and buy cutlery, do I buy the $20 set or the $200 set that's yeah. going to last me longer? Right. You do the same thing and you're just weighing pros and cons. Mm -hmm. And when you're trying to set up a uh, preserved uh, piece for a long time right. and you don't necessarily know that, like, say, an organization that's taking care of it now will necessarily be here in 50, 60 years. Right. If you do something now that will keep it preserved past when even maybe the organization isn't around, you're kind of setting yourself up for success and yeah. keeping that thing alive. Yeah. yeah. And, and in the Valentine Whitman house case, we, um, we, uh, pretty early on concluded that uh, the amount of money that we needed to invest in the property, um, we, we, I mean, there's, there's not just money lying around for yeah. preservation. <laughs> no, you no. always have to figure out how you're going to finance this. Yeah. So we always had to have a plan for how we would repay the loans that yep. we were putting into the property mm -hmm. and knew that we would be selling the property mm -hmm. um, to, to the next steward who will mm -hmm. take care of it. So we really wanted to make sure it was going to be in fabulous conditions so yep. that that um, it, it's kind of like an old house with a new soul, if yeah, you will, because it's got it, it's like all new, um, uh, you know, utilities yep. and and appliances, and yep. it's just all all new. But it, the every piece of historic fabric was oh, was protected, that. so that was really good. And the other thing is, we um, my organization holds um, a, a permanent preservation easement mm. on the property, so even though we're selling it we're retaining the right 
to um, historical to, to make sure that any future changes are going to be um, acceptable to mm. to a preservation standards. So That's so uh, so it feels like it's really the way that mm. this building will be um, a part of the Lincoln landscape mm. or in the Rhode Island landscape forever. That must yeah. present a little bit of a challenge too, though, because the person that's buying the house has to have has to care at least somewhat about mm. the historic nature of the house because. It's not, you know, like everybody else, uh, if I need to replace my windows, I can just go out and find the cheapest contractor that's going to give me the great, great window and put them in. But if you're buying a, like, historically protected home, you have to care enough to know, like, okay, if I do have to replace these windows for some reason, I have to kind of go through a process. Mm -hmm. There's only certain ones I can use. I've known a couple of people, obviously, I grew up in Slatersville, so there's some uh, protected homes there where there's, like, only certain types of windows you can use from yeah, certain manufacturers right. or whatever. If you have yeah. to replace the roof, you have to do it in a certain way. So it must present a bit of a challenge to find somebody that's willing to do that as well. Right. And we were pretty clear when we were marketing that there would be an easement. And mm. this easement is very comprehensive. It's both exterior and interior. Mm. So we will be looking at, you know, uh, changing it. And I think the easement did discourage some people from, from buying. buying. Yeah. But that was great because we great. don't want those people, yeah. Get the right person. We don't want yeah. those people. Right. And it's funny, like what you said, Nick, about you know going into it knowing. I mean, I w we were lucky enough that our house is a historical house. It has a plaque, but it's not within like a historical easement. Meaning, like we can paint it whatever color we want. We can knock things down, put things up. We can do what we want to make the house more modern. But what we've come to realize, which is so funny, because it was way out of our character and wheelhouse like we came from a very modern apartment big windows everything like worked properly everything was level now we live in this house that's very crooked it has so much character it has windows like i said that literally are wavy like you can see the 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 texture in them and we love it like yeah. we can't even we had someone come to look at replacing the windows and it was because it's not um and there's no uh there's no obstacles. We could replace them with just like Anderson windows. Mm -hmm. And he came and he gave us the quote and he showed us some windows and he left. And my husband and I were like, I don't think we can do this, that to this house. Right. Like these windows are so fun and beautiful. And like some don't open. Some are like, somehow some are like sealed shut. And we can't figure out how. There's no glue anywhere. They're just like, they will not open. Yeah. But it's like, just like the- there are, there are contractors out there that specialize in that. Yeah, well, I was just going to say- yeah, I, They'll I, clean I, that up so it'll yeah, open properly. exactly. You know. I was going to say the um the, the windows were, that you're talking about were mm. made with old growth wood. So mm. they're very dense yeah. in terms of their materials. And they can be repaired and they yeah. can be operable. Like we, we have- and and then um, if you put storms on the outside, uh, they will perform as well as any replacement window yeah, that you can buy. They're amazing. And the the storms will protect the historic windows, mm -hmm. and they will also give you the insulation that you need. Yeah. So it's really it, and they're much cheaper. Well, um, when he to, left, we were kind of like, we need to we need to pivot like we want to keep these windows like we even if we got windows with panes in it to mimic like an old window it's not the same like and we should get you to sell a sales job on this <laughs> <laughs> well it's true like he left and he did an incredible job he was a wonderful person a wonderful salesperson but we just were like no like we can't uh, we can't do yeah, it like we yeah. love these windows they're so goofy yeah. and like yeah. interesting and have character and you know like when we painted 
like even painting the windows like there's probably like eight pounds of paint on these windows <laughs> yeah. yeah layer after layer layer after, after layer after layer, after yep. layer. but even that was like you said the thing about like an old house new soul yeah. like that's kind of what it felt like because like the house is the windows are the same but we're adding like our touch to the paint right. or like to the floors but, you know everyone deserves to live in a house where the windows work true so yeah. <laughs> true, so, true true you know windows do need maintenance they do need to work they they, they need maintenance <laughs> yeah. and so and um i i think it's the um if you're in an old house you just know oh yeah i gotta do my windows you yeah know? it's not it's it's not a daily maintenance no. it's like every 20 or 30 years you got to tune them up you yep. got to make sure that they're working they're, properly. they're working properly yeah and then um you know then then you don't have the struggles of yeah. this window open, open so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's and i will say like out of probably the 10 windows we have downstairs i think one is there's only one that like is very like Sometimes she wants to work and sometimes she's like, I'm just not yeah, going to work today. It's probably just like a frame leveling issue. Yeah, my my entire house. So I have I live in a lightning splitter, which is so cool. It's like like I said, we came from like a very modern house, a, a, a apartment. And we moved into this house and everyone was like, "What? Like this is does not fit." And now it's like part of our identity is this house. Like it's so quirky. The stairs are steep and they're curved and they're, you know, Everything in the house is like on like a 45 degree angle. Like there's not a single thing that's right. like absolutely straight. And we love it so much. Yeah. It's just like every part of it. And we've, we are lucky enough that we were able to do work on the house. Um, and my husband's dad is a contractor. So he helped us like redo some door frames and the kitchen. And he really put like so much blood, sweat and tears. And he was like, guys, I've never had to work in a house that's this crooked. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not, it, this is not, yeah, like, settled, man. this is not conducive to like a smooth work environment because he'd go in and everything would be measured and then like you would take something out and th he would have to like shift everything. It was yep. crazy, but it's been so much fun. It's so, so much fun. So when we um, uh, peeled back all the contents of the Valentine Whitman house and pulled it back the rugs, we realized that every room uh the floors were like it was going what, over wavy. Yeah. wavy you know it was like <laughs> what has happened to these floors um and um uh it was it was pretty startling to mm. see they weren't they didn't jump you know yeah. it, sometimes when you're in an old place it feels like they're they're not solid they yeah. just mm. felt solid it's just like the house shrugged into mm. shape and mm -hmm. that's what it was mm -hmm. um and soon after that i was watching an hgtv show and it was giving advice on how to assess the structural conditions of the house that you're about to buy and they recommended bringing a tennis ball oh, no. to the house to see if it would roll uh -huh. and i thought no tennis balls. No, no, no tennis balls are allowed in the Valentine Women's House. They're That's not right. allowed. Yeah. They're not allowed in my house. Yeah, either. we used to do that with a golf ball. Put a golf ball down. Oh yeah, right. our see what house happens. Is is bad. I had a question about uh, so because so Valentine Whitman House is a, a stone ender, and you had kind of I believe you had said that uh, it was thought that it was built as kind of a showpiece for the stone because it's near. Um, I'm assuming it's near a mine uh, or a mining operation, and there's quite a few of them. I have your website up, so I'm just kind of skimming as we talk. Um, and it says that at one point there may have been as high as about 60 of them. Uh, we're down to, what is it, like 12 or 14? Um, they're all over the place. And they're, you know, different ones, like obviously um, the Valentine Women, it's almost an entire wall of the house is that chimney uh, setup, but some of them are just slightly larger or what have you. Would those all have, was the thought that they were all set up to be kind of, 
a display of it or is it kind of yeah. a show of wealth or it, it's really not clear and mm. there's not that you know it's a lot of speculation about yeah. uh, really what why this form of building um, is so unique to Rhode Island mm. so the stone ender really is a type that you don't find elsewhere mm. it's 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 predominantly in Rhode Island there were a handful in Connecticut and Massachusetts on our boundaries but otherwise um, it is a, a unique to Rhode Island. Mm. And when we got the Valentine Whitman house, we thought, well, we, why? Why, yeah. why is this one, you know, why, why is this type of building um, characteristic of this state and not other places? And so we did some research. At the time, we thought there were nine surviving stone enders. Yep. We now know there there are at least fourteen oh, through wow. our research in Rhode and, Island, all in, in Rhode in, Island, all in Rhode Island. Yeah, and there may be more, um, but where the uh, the building was expanded and the stone end mm. what became the center of the building as opposed to the end of the building, ah. so you can't see it. So there there may be okay. Uh, some of these than... would make kind of a really cool like centerpiece to a house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that would be really cool. Yeah, yeah. Do, yeah. The original form uh, had um, uh, this stone end that would support a massive chimney. It would look mm -hmm. like a medieval mm -hmm. chimney, if you will. Oh my god! Yeah, this and, uh, Thomas Fenner house is, has a really cool in chimney Cranston. On it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, so that's cool. actually operated as an Airbnb that you can uh, stay. Oh, in. Cool. So I'll give a plug for the Fenner. Oh my house. god, that's <laughs> awesome! Do you think, like, you know how right now, like with HGTV, right? People in our this day and age are like, oh, I want a craftsman style or I want whatever. Like, could it have just been like a style of home? Like that people- it's popular here. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? You know, like a I, stylized he, thing? Well, you need to have the lime. Yeah. And so the, the, the lime, the, for the mortar. So yeah. that either comes from limestone like it did in Northern um, Rhode Island uh -huh. where- uh, it, it was that was really one of the earliest extractive industries um, in America. It was in lime rock in in Lincoln, mm -hmm. or lime can come from seashells, from oyster shells, things mm -hmm. like that. So, yeah. so you have, but you have to have a source to create the mortar because mm. that's a those are massive walls that really need the mortar to yeah. support it. Um, but those are available elsewhere in New England. So why only in Rhode Island? Yeah. Um, and so uh, we think it's a combination of having the stone, having the limestone, but also probably just the um, accident of who settled in mm. Rhode Island in the 17th century. Okay. And there must have been stonemasons. Yeah. that um, that came yeah. and this was the style of building. Yeah. And that's a piece of research that should that needs to be done. Somebody should be really, really tracking, dig into it. really yeah. dig in who was here and where, you know, if, if you can determine it yeah. um, and to see where in England um, the, they were yeah. originally from and where they learned that stone craft. Yeah. So is it traditional? Like I know some of these things um, with certain house building styles or there, because it's only one wall, is it traditionally on a certain side of the house? It, it is. It's usually um, uh, the the main part of colonial houses usually face south because mm -hmm. that's where the the uh, sun would come in best. Mm -hmm. So um, to do that, and then this is on the um, the west wall. To, to uh, my, okay, yeah. Uh, so so that the orientation is uh, south facing, and either the 
either the west or east walls would then be the stone end, depending on their configuration to this to the street. Mm. Um, gotcha. And okay. um, and uh, the idea was that that massive stone end framed a very large um, uh, walk-in fireplace, almost mm. almost a walk-in fireplace. You can almost cool. to do it walk and, into it. Yeah, That's yeah. It's cool. interesting with those kind of like features where yeah, a lot of the time it has to do with sun, like the rising and setting of the sun. But then sometimes it's like a prevailing wind thing. Uh, you know, if you're near the water and the wind's always coming off of one side of the building, they build that side of the wall a certain way or whatever. So it's it just always interests me with that yeah. kind of stuff. The house, like the person that's buying the house now or who will be buying the house. One, how did, because I know it was first a home, then it was split up into three homes. Now, was it redone so it's just one main living area? Or is it still split up into three? No. Well, you can see the the evidence of where the three yeah. th the three families were. And and when I say three family, remember, this is 1830. True. So there weren't zoning rules. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a bunch of people so, lived in there. So, so it was a bunch of partition walls yeah. that, you know, that were closed off that allowed, uh, you know, that have doorways between them. Yeah. Um, uh, so that we've returned it to single family. Okay. So it has um, a two and a half half baths, uh, a brand new kitchen, wow. and has um, uh, three bedrooms upstairs and a bathroom, a bedroom or den downstairs, mm. as well as the living room and dining room. So. When you're redoing a house like that, like as far as the kitchen goes, you said there's new appliances, like up-to-date appliances, I'm assuming. Is that tricky to figure out like the right balance of like making it feel like it still has that character, but also using appliances and, and things that are like you know, useful for the time that we're in? So it's interesting. We, as a, a sort of philosophy um, for preservation, if it's new, it should read as new. That's what, that's what our philosophy is. So okay. we're not trying to fool anybody yep. to think that this is an historic Old. kitchen or yep. anything like mm -hmm. that. So it wants to be compatible, but it should read as new. So, um, so what the, the, the new features that we introduced, such as the kitchen and the baths, yep. they look like new. They look I, new. You know, mm -hmm. they, they look new. I mean, we kept the old floors yep. where they could be kept. Yep. Um, but we, and and the other thing is we made um, very contemporary paint mm. color choices. Ooh, so um, cool. you might have expected that a preservation organization would look for painting in um, traditional colors. Yeah. But preservationists think, um, color is actually a reversible change. It doesn't mm. really matter. Mm -hmm. uh, what matters is whether the the architectural fabric is, is, correct. is correct. And like you said, and the so, new old house, new soul. Like right. you, you, this new home, like a new family is going to live there. They're going to create new memories there. Right. Like you don't want to pigeonhole into like right. one specific yeah. thing. Yeah. If they want to paint the colors differently, that go for it. You yeah. Know, it's, mm -hmm. it's it was it's all personal taste. Yeah. Um. But the important thing is that they're keeping the the architecture intact yeah. and um and so we chose a very contemporary palette mm -hmm. and sort of fun colors in the kitchen um which was new does it that was, have a funky door color yeah that's like a teal blue. yeah it's like yeah. a teal blue you know? did you choose that yeah or your team yeah our team did that's yeah, so, yeah i love it's that like, it's because um you know i there's a 
there's just a piece of us that is uh, lighting up. It's not that, you know. It's not, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> you know, I think that's color. so fun, yeah. You know, that big light, like, living area with the fireplace built, like, with the, the right. white around it looks really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's such a, watching, like, the videos of them, like, going in and, and doing, like, little tours and stuff. I'm like, this is, like, so, and be, again, because we have just done a Ooh, that lot double of. sink in the bathroom, too. <laughs> <laughs> you awesome. have your buyer. Yeah, <laughs> just for, uh, <laughs> for anybody that's listening, all of this stuff is on the website preserveri.org so it is very cool and it must be on like a good portion of land too i'm assuming yeah it's a little over an acre of land so i mean it used to be a 400 acre farm Mm. or something Mm. so now it's down to it's you know the farm grew houses instead of trees and plant crops but um, but um it still is an oversized lot and um and we did a little bit of uh, landscaping, uh, mostly uh, some tree pruning and some tree mm. removal to improve the view of the house from the mm-hmm. street. Yep. Um, because we really want people to recognize it and uh, for the public to understand this is a really important part of Lincoln's past or Rhode yeah. Island's past. And um, and so now um, it's it sort of sits more proudly on the lot. You can see mm. it and really think, wow, that's a really cool place. I love it. It's a cool house. It's very cool. Um, in addition to this specific house and other projects that you worked on, not I know we gave this um, the Valentine Wooden House so much attention, so I'm taking this one out of the mix. Is there a project that you've worked on that has made the most impact on you in in the, since 2007, since being part of Preserve RI? Yeah, we ha- we're um, we're a statewide organization, yeah. so we advocate for historic places around the state. Um, and I think I think the project that um, I sort of really um, sings to me most, uh, apart from Valentine Whitman, is a recent uh, collaboration we did with the Equidnick Land Trust and mm. the Preservation Society of Newport County, where we were looking at the historic landscape around Third Beach, Second Beach, and Satchwist Point, yep. and realized that um, utility lines uh, were up and down the road, sort of obscuring and interfering with the view of Hanging Rock and the mm. beach. And that it's, a, it's such a lovely area oh, of yeah. Rhode Island. And it it is figured in paintings since the 19th century. And um, it's it's got, it's rich in history and rich in landscape um, history. Um, so we um, we banded together as a coalition. We called ourselves the Scenic Equidnic Coalition. Yeah. And we, we removed the utility. Um, wow. lines along second and third beach That's so, so cool um, it is um so and now when you visit you probably don't even realize, realize it yeah, realize, yeah it's not there but uh, to me that has had a lasting impact i mean i'm like legacy i do a lot of photography so the, if there's one thing that drives me nuts about going to take a picture of like this awesome view and then you pull up your camera and you're like power lines damn it (laughs) every time it'll drive me up a wall (laughs) so i'm right there with. so if you ever tried to take a picture of hanging rock before you couldn't do it yeah Yeah, you'd be in photoshop trying to pull yeah really you would so i think that was really um that was really a a, 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 that feels like a fabulous Mm. um sort of legacy project to, to have done yeah and i feel like organizations such as yours um are becoming more and more important um, especially in coastal areas of the country, uh, and then, you know, New England or Rhode Island to be specific. Uh, I feel like in my lifetime, I've just noticed more and more like open space or free space or larger lots just getting turned into condos and getting turned into like multi-use housing and like, 
great. We need it. Like people need a place to live, but it, it kind of bums me out. Yeah, <laughs> I'm driving yeah. around yeah. and all these, like you drive by what used to be say a farm that was 30 acres and now it's a bunch of condos. I'm like, Right. Like, yeah, yeah, that's good for those people. They needed a house. I get it. But Mm -hmm. it's still just kind of a bummer. Like you're losing all that open space. Like we called, I kind of clocked it in my head. We called an acre an oversized lot. Oh, right. And it's like, is it? Yeah, yeah. Only in that Only in in Rhode Island, we would call an acre an oversized lot. I mean, you get out to the middle of the country, it's a very different story. Mm -hmm. But uh, we're such a small state, and I understand the need for housing and, you know, filling in space. But it Mm -hmm. just does, even up in my neck of the woods in North Smithfield area. Like it feels like more and more of that open space is just getting filled in with yeah. modern yeah. stuff. And yeah. Know. And you know, it's um, it, it, in American uh, legal sense, you know, private property rights, your land, you're the king of your land. You yeah. can, you know, you control the sky above and the earth below. And yeah. you know, it's your property and no one should tell you what to do with it. And that balance against the, the public interest in yeah. keeping our communities um, uh, look, uh, being cohesive mm-hmm. and looking like the you know we you know it, it just basically affording to provide the services to all these residents it's a it's a real balancing it's a act yeah for sure and I think the um, uh, the preservation rules are. Um, uh, and conservation rules that you, you know they're they're not tilted towards conservation they're tilted yeah. towards mm-hmm. development mm-hmm. um so when we can rescue places and when we can put them in permanent conservation it should really be celebrated yeah we should t- really, i agree really yeah i mean it. we uh, the united states itself has a tradition um unlike pretty much anywhere else. I mean, with our national park system and our public land system and, you know, as far as conservation of uh, nature goes, uh, we've done a really good job with it. Um, probably better than almost anybody you could argue as, as far as um, the public having an allowance to go and see these things. Um, but it does seem like we struggle with maintaining our history uh, as mm-hmm. far as historic buildings and stuff go. Right. And I, and I think some of the, um, some of the concentration on national parks are like those are, um, you know, the the the, the must be, be preserved places at all costs. But yeah. every city and town has its its web of open space that mm. is important for the um, for the infrastructure of the community and for the ecology of the community. Mm. And then uh, you weave together the historic buildings, and that is what really presents everybody with the unique character of the places yeah. that we live so um i think we do struggle with with that totally we, you know it's a, like you said yeah. it's a balance like yeah. everything i feel like we've learned so much especially in the last few years like being having a balance is so it can be really tricky sometimes it's super necessary sometimes it's very aggravating right. um but mm-hmm. you know if you can figure out um my kind i mean it, this kind of goes with what you guys are talking about but has preserve rhode island ever worked with like one of the old mill buildings that sometimes yeah. turn into like uh residential areas or places for um storefronts because that's kind of like a little bit of both right like yeah it is it is well one of the um w- uh, we have an advocacy program that's trying to make sure that the sort of the the there's a level playing field that would in, would um would subsidize and help for the historic rehab that's going on mm. and one of the state's most important programs is called the state in, uh, historic tax credits mm. and it's a it's a it's, it's an investment tax credit that you you get for commercial rehab, like of taking a mill and turning it into housing and uh, business places. Yeah, um, and uh, Rhode Island um, 
was sort of at the vanguard of mm. developing this program. It was just, it was passed in 2001, mm-hmm. and um, it still is around today. They've just refunded it, oh, and wow. we've been really uh, working to make sure that it's a vibrant part of the state's economic development program. Yeah, and there's been more than a billion dollars of private investment in historic preservation wow. as a result of the state historic tax credit. So, well, if you think yeah. about it, you're like one, you're upcycling, right? You're using an old building, a huge old building that really couldn't be used for anything else. And you're making it usable for people in this day and age, whether like we said, to sell their art, to sell or to make, to take photos, to live in. And and, and it's kind of like that balance, like you're providing a space for people. Right. A lot of times they're affordable, which is I mean, mm-hmm. not totally affordable as affordable. Many are, many are built as affordable housing. Too. Yeah. 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 And you're using, you still are, you know, that old home, new soul. Like yeah. you're, you're making it available for people now to use, which I think That's is like right. well, and really you're, cool. You're meeting um, commercial interests on their playing field rather right. than saying like, hey, we know that you want to just knock this old building down and take this, you know, 10 acres and build whatever you want on it. You're not going to get that done. Yeah. yeah. But- We'll you, you could preserve the building and build within it, mm, right. and you can still kind of get what you're looking for. We get something, you get something, right, yeah. and we actually yeah. move forward with it. And I right. think a lot that's probably where a lot of this uh, success would come from. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, there are and twenty so many years ago buildings. before this program was around. You would have said you would have heard from every city and town. These places are derelict. Yep. They're um, they're being uh, demolished by neglect. Yep. Um, they're uh, they're. A, a health and safety threat yeah. you know they're being vandalized you know these are these are mm-hmm. bad places in our cities yeah. and now they're the centerpieces of oh, sort of totally. new energy yeah oh, i mean uh, yeah. slatersville had uh, a major mill um project i think it's been there for like probably 15 years now as like uh i think they're I can't remember what they're called now, but it's a uh, like condos uh, right. built into one of the old mills, and it was it's it's nice because they're cool looking and you know they're not crazy expensive. They're you know it's good for the town. Um, it's one of those things though. At the same time, it's a little bittersweet. Like for me, growing up, yeah, they were again derelict, and you know it was just an old building that was there. But it was also kind of like one of those things, like as kids, that was you know it was there, and people would explore them. Mm. And yeah, maybe it wasn't the smartest thing to do, but <laughs> it was also like you know the like uh, all the did little you have paint wars, yeah, <laughs> all, all, all the all the kids lore of like all yeah. the buildings haunted, yeah. and yeah. like you kind of had yeah. all that. But they're back dangerous. Then. Oh, yeah. you know, super very dangerous. dangerous. You know, you, so it's you, great. You, you were a free-range yeah. kid if your parents yeah. let you there go is the, there. Uh, the, the, more than anything, it's a positive. Yeah. Um, and it's just one of those little things where you're like, eh, it's kind of a bummer. Like, yeah. it was it was a cool part of our, our childhood, but it was probably also not but the smartest part. But then on the part. switch side, yeah. I was not one of those kids. I stayed as far away from all of those things <laughs> as possible. But, like, before my husband and I bought our home, we were first looking to move to an apartment, um, a new apartment, and we were really – interested in living in a mill building because we wanted the character. We wanted it to feel warmth. We didn't want to live in like a sterile white, gray, like straight, like straight and narrow sort of thing. We wanted to feel like that, the history and, and the grandness of big windows and like, you know, the openness of, you know, you're taking this huge building and you're separating it, you know, until little apartments, but like you still get to feel that sort of like grandeur in it. And we toured 
I mean, we was, must have toured like six different places in South Providence, in Pawtucket, um, off of Atwell's in Providence, like so many areas that I would never even, when I was a kid, I would never be like, I'm going to live in a mill building in <laughs> South Providence or off of Atwell's. Like I would never think that. Yeah. And because people are um, preserving these big buildings, we're getting a chance to reuse them. Yeah. And I think mm. that's really special. Yeah. And, and you're getting to make, like you said, a part of a city, like in Pawtucket, for instance, when I was growing up, Pawtucket was like, eh, like whatever, you drive through Pawtucket, there was some restaurants and some stores you'd go to, but like, it wasn't mm -hmm. like, I wasn't dying to live there. But now, like, when we were looking at apartments, that was like maybe number one or two on our list because it just had this like beautiful setup and it was mm -hmm. right near the highway like you said like being close to things that make it easy for you to live your life right near the highway right, right near a supermarket like it was so central and i'm like anybody who moves to rhode island would be so lucky to live here right. it's so much stuff happening and now because of that because of all the residents and because people living there they're making Pawtucket into this like bigger and better right. more usable There's, city which yeah. is so exciting yeah and if you th if you think about it it's like it, you reuse you reuse so it's recycling yep um, you're investing in places that have already been built so yep. you're you're taking the pressure off the green space yep. so you know because it's you know you're doing it you're 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 having people um, love and experience mm -hmm. the communities that they're living in and because they become more vibrant yeah. and um, and our communities work better when, when you do that mm -hmm. so it's it's really um, when people think about historic preservation and think oh it's only people who dress up in costumes and pretend to be you know to <laughs> there might be that you know, there might be that, <laughs> but really what, for us, it's about activating historic places mm -hmm. and keeping them so that they're, they're going to be, continue to be a vibrant part yeah. of our communities as we move into the future. I love that. Do you have any, obviously, like, I mean, we're not almost at the end of 2022, although I feel like we're going to blink and it's going to happen. It's going to be 2023. Um, but in the next year or so, do you have anything exciting coming up that you are, can talk about with Preserve Rhode Island? Uh, well, we, we have a, an annual awards program. Mm. Um, we call them the Roadie Awards, yep. and it's uh, in the fall each year. Okay. So we've just announced uh, the 2022 winners, oh. and we're going to have a big celebration on That's October so 23rd. Oh, my God, I Again, love that. it's on our website if you want to see who yep. the, uh, the winners are. And they're... Um, uh, people and uh who have made a difference in mm. in their cities and towns there are people who've done heroic efforts to mm. save old places and um uh projects are large and small and yeah. a lot of fun and it's always a really um up uh, kind of event yeah. where and you know there's so so much news yeah, <laughs> that nobody course. wants to listen to yep. but when you think about celebrating people who make a real difference in their yeah. communities it's really fun could so, I win an award I mean, for not replacing my windows yes. <laughs> <laughs> good oh good I'm gonna next year you'll see like Sasha Roberts like I didn't replace my windows let me win an award no I, oh I, hey I, the United Theater is on here oh yeah. cool, cool. we've do, awesome. we done a few uh, a bit of coverage on like that whole rehab yeah. And stuff. That's so, really, so there, that's a cool that building. has activated downtown westerly like yeah. uh, you can't believe it's really great yeah so, yeah well you know it, it's it's funny because i feel like we at least for when i grew up right like it was like all new houses all like you know new construction new builds whatever whatever and now like as you know i'm in my 30s like for me and my husband, we're like, we would never live in like a new house ever again because oh, we love it. Converted. We, we've been, we are 100%. If you told me three years ago that I was going to only want to live in historical houses for, for yeah. the rest of my life, you would 
I, I would be like, there's not a single, there's not a, there's not, no, and absolutely mm. not. But I just love it so much. And it's funny because I'm, side note, um, I'm like very afraid. I'm a, I'm a scaredy cat, right? So when you move into like an old home, my first thought is we like sign the closing papers. I was like, oh my God, what if there's ghosts in this house? <laughs> like, what am I going to do? And like- And they have their own specific kinds of like creaks and groans. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I lived in, we lived in a high rise apartment for seven years. You couldn't hear anything. <laughs> and all of a sudden when you move to this house, that's like- you know, the windows, even though they're not drafty, you know, it, when it's a, a, an intense thunderstorm, you can hear them shaking <laughs> and like stuff like that. It's like, you know, <laughs> it's crazy. It's but it's I, I'm, I feel very lucky that we live in a place that can reuse and repurpose and find new and loving things for these old buildings it's like very cool that's great well you're doing my job for me yay ah, yay oh i love it i'll show you once once we're done i'll show you a picture of the house that sounds great she's yeah. so cute that she's like great. oh my god it's the cutest little gingerbread house you've ever seen oh in that's life. so great uh-huh um and i guess i mean I, I it's funny because we always do these podcasts we're like oh we'll talk about xyz and then we get so T- stuck on one topic but it, this was so cool this yeah, is so this is informative awesome. this is very cool. and i know you're an important being the executive director of <laughs> i know you can't give us all your time um but before you go is there anything else that we the 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 masses should know about preserve our eye and, and yeah maybe something we didn't touch on that you were hoping we may have yeah see i can't we our conversation's been pretty pretty uh, awesome right <laughs> so this is I so can, cool thank you thank I, you I, i'm i'm gonna say it on 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 live this is may have maybe one of my favorite converse we've ever had Very this is nice. so interesting and i don't know anything i didn't know anything about preserve like i where i live in providence so we're part of like the Pre- preservation society in providence but like the fact that you go all over the state and being from northern rhode island like you just did one in lincoln like that's right, right down the street <laughs> from where i grew up and i've probably driven by this house before and it's just so important for like the inner workings of our of our little communities and making them feel like Rhode Island and and close to home and and like you said the greenest space is a space that's already there and the other great thing is that old homes always need maintenance so there's always jobs available for people (laughs) exactly we finish a project and then it's like okay here's another that's right so it's great because you know you build a new home with all new stuff and it's done probably for like 30 years with an old home you always need something, yeah. but in a good way, like in a fun <laughs> way, like, you know, there's some creeks or, you know, we, um, we have a fieldstone basement. That's been an adventure because fieldstone is, gets wet. Yeah. There's no like, you know, <laughs> there's no like wall. Um, but even that, like it's been fun. And even for yourself, if you own the home or whatever, like you get to learn stuff. Like we watch, I've never watched this old home more. I watch, oh, we yeah, watch it yeah. all the time because it's like we had like this brick walkway coming up to the mm-hmm. our house and the brick was all like messed up. Like it looked bad. We watched this old home about how you can like reuse the brick that's already there, but like lay it differently. We laid brick. It was the craziest <laughs> thing. And do you know that it's, there's there was no cement? It's like sand. Yeah, you yeah. probably yeah, do yeah. that. Use leveling sand. It's crazy. It, yeah. I couldn't believe it. Like when we started working on it, I was like, where's this like not cement, whatever that stuff's called. You know, mortar. like mortar. mortar. Like yeah. where's the, I didn't say mortar. I had no idea what that was, but where's the cement? Where's the stuff? <laughs> where's the stuff to hold it together? And Brian was like, no, it just like you pack it so tightly. It just stays there. And my mind was blown. Yeah. If I didn't live in yeah. an old home, I wouldn't have known that. Yeah. yeah. And we used the old 
we used the sand that was already there. We used the old brick. We had to get like a, additional sand just to, you know, round it out. But it was just cool to like keep this old thing that's there that's yeah. with this house. So it's cool. I love well, it. I think, you, I think you're part of a community that um, once you live in an old building, you want you don't want to live in something that's new. You want else. something that has the quirks and the totally and the character. That... And if you're given the opportunity to make it your own, like we were able to open up some walls, which was really nice. Um, we like you know put beams in, so you know there's structurally it's obviously you have to do that, but um it still feels like an old home. But with like now there's like some modernness to it it's got that new soul exactly yeah. and it's so cool oh my yeah. god this is so fun i can't That's wait great. to go home and <laughs> 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 just stare at my house um but uh, Val, thank you so much this was so much fun nick you can yeah no i was just gonna say to round off um i i said the website earlier uh when i was talking about looking at photos um but if you have any questions about preserve ri it's preserve ri.org uh you guys did a wonderful job and it's the same everywhere so it's preserve ri on instagram and on facebook mm. as well and it looks like you guys have have a uh, newsletter that can you can people can sign up for too, yeah, and they can do that do. right on the website. Yeah, yeah sign up yeah, for the newsletter, you. y'all. And the website, I will say, your website is very user friendly. It yes, was it is. so fun to explore your website um, and get to like know about like some of the different projects and like because when when we first had the conversation about you coming on, I was like, okay, what is their what is their mission? And it's like so easy. <laughs> It's so easy on your website. It's just there. So if anyone is curious about Preserve Rhode Island or, or or wants to get involved, yeah, look their website up. It's so much fun. You are so fun to talk to. This was cool. Thank you so much. This is great. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Have a beautiful day.